This is a Podfire production. Welcome to episode two of the Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. In this episode, the guys look at both the Suns and Lions as they prepare for round one, as well as previewing the first four teams in the QAFL previews. Also, a new segment is introduced where your local club can get involved. Enjoy! in the pocket, goes for goal number 100 and gets it! Good afternoon to everyone and welcome to Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. Episode number two, we made it through episode number one, Brendo. Yeah, it's fantastic. Got some good feedback and looking forward to taking it on for this week. We did have plenty of feedback and we do appreciate it all. Um, and we will try to incorporate as much of that feedback into the future episodes as we possibly can. Um, we're here at the Podfire Studios on the Gold Coast again. So thanks to them for the fantastic studios that we have here. And it's, um, I'd like to say, a big week in footy. What's uh, caught your eye this week, Brendo? Yeah, well... It's been a big week in footy, as, as you say, and I'm really pleased to see that Gil McLaughlin's, you know, taken the opportunity to tune into the podcast. Gil McLaughlin, our podcast? What? Tell our me some more. Tell me some more. Well, Rob, last week it was your good self that was saying that there was a great opportunity for women's football to be run as double headers with men's football. And, you know, yes. up on the uh, fixture guide I see this week, we've got a double header. Uh, at the Gabba, and we'll we, we do indeed, don't we? I really, I guess you're 100 percent correct. It could only be that he was listening to Queensland Corridor Footy, one of the the millions that listened around the country. Yes, yeah, so it's great to see that we're having an impact in the community so quickly. <laughs> yes, okay. What, what about um, your? What's your eye catcher for the week? I'm the other way because I've actually got something really serious that was an eye catcher for me, and that was the Ben King re-signing. Um, I think massive for Queensland football, massive for the Gold Coast Suns, and just. Something that I think came out of the blue. I don't think a lot of people were expecting it so early in the season. Um, the talk was obviously that he'd be going back to Melbourne. Most people thought he'd go back and play alongside Max, but just fantastic news for the Suns and hopefully the first of a lot of good news for the Suns this year. Yeah, there's a no doubt going into round one. It, it is a, a great fillip for all those involved at the Suns. And I think overall the AFL industry would be pleased with, with that result. So I think the Suns are on the right track and we'll talk more about that later on um, with what we saw over the weekend as well. Now, Brendo, that was the first bit of feedback, wasn't it, last week on the siren? Yeah, so we've worked on that one. Uh, so let's, let's get into our AFL review for, or our preview for this year. Yep. Okay, I'm going to have a look at the Lions because that's a team that I support and have a close um, look at every week regardless. But, look, we'll make this quick because, as we said, you know, we want to spend more time on local footy. Um, so the Lions this year, look, I mean, it, already there's a few good commentators that are coming out saying the Lions are going to be right up there. I think the last couple of years have shown that, you know, they've got the right mix of players to run deep into the season. It's just whether or not um, finals footy can be something that they can achieve the success in that in that arena as well because that's really been the only downfall for them in the last few years. Their, their home and away form has been exemplary. And, Brenda, I don't know what you think, but, you know, I see them again looking at a top four position at the end of the season. I think that's a minimum. Anything less would not be a success. Yeah, and I agree with that, and I think that's what exactly what they'll do. They've turned the gabatoire into a bit of a fortress again can't really see them losing more than a couple of games up there and then if they just check off on most of the games they should win against lower opponents away then that'll get them their 15 to 16 wins that they'll need for a top four position so yeah. i see that happening now 
we spoke last week. We didn't know where Kadeen Coleman's um, hamstring injury was. That seems to be an eight to ten week injury. So that's a that's a bit of a blow because the kid had really put himself into that best twenty two situation. Yeah, it, it did look a bad one uh, on the tape, unfortunately. But I think that look, they do have coverage in that small defender role that he was sort of looking at. Well, I think it's just made Noah Answorth's uh, position exactly the team a lot of, yeah. Yeah, a little bit easier. So he. There's no real big inclusions this year for the Lions. They haven't gone out and made that big recruit like they have the last few years. But I really see Darcy Wilmot, obviously, as the first pick that they had in the draft. I think he'll play football this year. Um, whether it's a lot and when it happens, I don't know. But um, Noah Answorth is almost like a new recruit. Yeah, and, of course, as is um, Cameron Rayner. So Cam Rayner. to him. We're sporting a new haircut, and, and he really does look extremely fit. So looking forward to his season. He certainly does. So look, I'm I'm bullish on the Lions again this year. I think they're going to do quite well. And um, you know, I think Hipwood comes back early May, they're expecting. Yeah, I saw some footage on Facebook during the week of him, uh, you know, running around and kicking footies, and, you know, you wouldn't have known that he was... Yeah, so that, that's, that's going to be something to look forward to for all us Lions fans and Queensland footy fans in general. So... It will make for um, some interesting times at the Gabba. I think I think most teams are going to have a struggle to beat the Lions um, at their home ground. Yeah, so both of us think we're, they're a top four yeah. side again. Okay. Let's go on to the Suns because the Suns are an interesting prospect. I think each and every year we sit here and wonder what's going to happen. What do you think their 2022 has in store for them? Look, it is a fascinating year with a few key players. Of course, I've ticked off on Ben King re-signing, but there's a few others that are looking at whether they should extend their careers at the Suns. And I think the way they go this year will determine a lot of those. So, And out of that, I, I'm actually quite optimistic about where the Suns can go. So let me read out a few of these names, Rob, and let you know their ages and their games. So we've got Jack Bowes, 24 years old, 78 games. Fiorini, 24-62 Ainsworth, 24 years old, 74 games. Ballard, 22, 69 games. Lacocious, 21, 60 games. Weller, 26 and 116 games. So there's quite a mix of players there that, you know, we always sort of sell them as young players developing, etc. but they're not so young anymore. They're well in their 20s. They've got their 60 or 70 games up. And really, I think the Suns' hopes pin on those sort of players taking that step. and Taking that next step. Very true because a lot of these guys really in any other system might be 21, 22, 23 years old and played 20 games. So they would have come on and, and this would still be the time when you'd expect them to make that next step. They should potentially be able to even go a step further because they've played more football leading into it. Yeah, and you know, quite a number of those players are top 10, top 20 draft picks as well. So, oh, Looking down that list, mate, nearly all of them are. Yeah, so there's a, there's elite talent in the club and, and we, of course, um, also can add to that list young Will Powell who's, who's played a few seasons and looked the goods as well. So you know, there, there is talent there. There's games into that talent. They're not such a young team anymore and it is really time for them to have a bounce. And I think they will to an extent. How many wins would be a, a success for the Suns this year? I think anything less than they, they round up seven wins last year, anything less than 10 wins. And if I'm honest, I think there might be some pressure on Coach Stuart Jew. However, I think that they can definitely get the 10 wins up and you know sort of press for finals up until towards the end of the season. Be in the race for finals. Be that's in the race. That's all you ask for. Correct. You want to be competitive. 
interesting you brought Stuart Jew's name up because Caroline Wilson this week has declared that Alistair Clarkson will be coaching the Suns in 2023. She says it's the AFL's wish that he does it, so that he w- that means that he will be doing it. Um, Chairman Cochran wasn't overly impressed with her her comments and, and bit back pretty quickly in defending Stuart Jew. So is there a chance Jew... So l- let's say the Suns win 10 games. Do you think Jew will still be coaching if that's the case? I think it, d- it will depend on the overall optimism around the club. So there could be a... A 10-win season where they've sort of fallen over the line a couple of times and it hasn't been that convincing and been blown out of the park a few times and so forth. Or there's a 10-win season where it does feel like they're building. So yep. it probably depends on where it ends up falling. Or does it depend on Alistair Clarkson saying yes? And look, the, I'm sure a phone calls will have been made at some stage during the year. So there's no doubt that... that that is something that could it's, happen. It's definitely something we're going to be watching with the Suns this year. There's no it? doubt you know, about there it. There will be a coach watch happening, and even though, well, we all know what the chairman of the board's um, chairman of the board giving you praise means. It normally means you're out of a job. So um, maybe Stuart Jude will ask Tony Crocker not to say too much at the moment. But look, I, I'd love Stuart Jude to continue on coaching. I think he's a wonderful coach. I think he's was given a poison chalice. And um, I don't think he's been terrible for the Suns. So, quick prediction, Rob. How many wins? And nine wins. Nine wins? Nine wins for the Suns. Okay. And for the Lions, 15. Okay, I'm going to say nine for the Suns. No, I'll say 10 for the Suns and I agree, 15. 15. For, I really for hope Lions. it's 18. Yeah, but we'll I'm, trying to be, I'm trying to be conservative and take the second hat off, which is the Brisbane Lions hat. Geez, Bruno, that siren is loud this week. What that brings us to is the AFLW, a quick wrap-up of what's happened there for the week. So how did we? How did the Queensland teams go, Bruno, this week? Okay, so the Lions, 10-6-66, defeated the Bulldogs, 5-4-34, in a convincing performance. And unfortunately, the Suns uh, were defeated by Fremantle, 7-4-46 to 0-9-9, unfortunately. What, did you get an opportunity to see much of the, the well, women's this week? We were out at um, the Queensland Academy game, the Lions and Suns. So I watched a replay of the Lions game. Pretty impressive again. So what it means for the clubs is that the Suns have finished ninth for the season, ninth out of 12, 14 points, which is three wins, a draw, and six losses. And the Lions finished third with eight wins and two losses, which again shows how competitive that's, that competition has been, where you lose only two games and finish third. Um, and that means that the Lions will host Collingwood in a double header at the Gabba on Saturday. Um, the last time Collingwood played Brisbane was at Maroochydore in round five, and Brisbane won by four goals. It was quite a convincing win that day as well. So it's going to be an interesting weekend. The Lions definitely, again, looked sharp, but we're in sudden death footy now. One hiccup and you're gone. So it's it's a huge weekend for them. Yeah, and... I'll be hoping that a lot of Lions fans get to the game, get to the uh, Gabba at, I think it's... 3.10. 3.10. 3.10 is the time. So it's a fairly early start, but you know, get the afternoon off work and go and cheer on the women. Now, my understanding is that if you're an AFLW member or a, I believe an AFL men's member as well, you will get into the game for, for party membership. Otherwise, it's ten dollars entry to get in for the for the women's match only. So yeah, so that's that's terrific value and 
Fantastic value. Hopefully, we can have a good 10,000 people or thereabouts at that game. It's going to be really interesting to see how many people do come out early because even for the men's game later on that night, there is excitement because it's round one. So why not go early and, and catch the women's game first, jump out of the ga- ground, get a bit of something to eat in between the games. The local the local um, shops around there will, will love that as well and um, everyone's happy. So who do you think are some of the players to watch for a Lions perspective oh, look, From the Lions perspective, I think uh, Emily Bates... Week in, week out, just one of the best players on the ground for them. Aula O'Dwyer came back, which was fantastic. She provided a lot of run through the centre, kicked a couple of goals. And um, Courtney Hodder in the forward line is always one to keep an eye on. Only needs six possessions because she'll kick three goals with six possessions and uh, is a live wire up there. Yeah, and for mine, I'd like uh, Greta uh, Bodie, is it? Greta Bodie, yes. Uh, Very consistent. If you've not had an opportunity to have a look at the goal that she didn't actually kick herself, but uh, she she ran forward. I think she took about half a dozen bounces, gave off the handball, got it again, took another bounce, and then uh, passed it off to one of her teammates who kicked the goal. That was a great goal. So if you've got an opportunity to check that highlight out on the any of the websites, uh, do yourself a favour and have a look at that one. Geez, Brenda, that siren's getting louder and louder and it's a lot longer than last week, so I'm pretty happy with this one. Um, mate, let's have a look at local footy. We said that as part of the podcast that we really want to emphasise a lot on local football, the QAFL, the academies, the VFL. So let's have a look this weekend. We had the academy games yesterday at the Metricon back oval. We had three games. We had firstly the girls under 18, the female under 18, the Sun 7-10-52 defeating the Lions one goal, 6-12. The under-17s, males, the Suns, 17 goals, 8-110 to the Lions, 6-8-44. And in the under-18s, the game that we were at, the Suns, 15-13-103 against the Lions, 4-4-28. Conditions out there were tough, um, blustery winds and all the rest of it. But um, in the game that we saw, what stood out for you? Well, firstly, the standard of play. Uh, as you mentioned, it was hot day, Windy, difficult conditions, and the nature of academy football is that players they come together for a few weeks. You know they train together. They're all belong to different clubs and so forth. So it kind of is hard to get that team synergy going, and and particularly from the Sun side, it was really some of the link ups of play and and some of the style of play was quite impressive. Uh, clearly, some very good players for the Suns. Um, I'll go into those in a moment. What do you think from a Lions perspective, Rob? Look, I think uh, well, we had a look at the three scores there. There wasn't a lot to be overly excited about on the Lions, from the Lions' point of view. Jasper Fletcher played. Obviously, he'll be playing some time at Sherwood this year. Um, he didn't have a lot of help in the midfield. and But when he gets a ball, he, he, he does look a lot cleaner with his disposal and seems to have the footy brain that he will need if he's going to make it in the AFL. Um, and the other one was Jackson Mills, Wilson Grange prospect. Now, I believe Jackson was um, seen playing Gaelic footy at school. At Nudgee College. At Nudgee College and was picked up by Wilson Grange in that. Now, the one thing that I'll say is that I reckon he would be a very good Gaelic footballer because the speed that he had across the ground was quite electrifying and it got him into good positions and he had a couple of shots on goal. I think he might have kicked one or two goals, but he certainly looked like um, there's, there's things to work with there. Yeah, definitely. And... Look, I think the Lions side, they were really quite a tall side. Again, when it comes I think, to... I think there was 
was there four or five players over 194 centimetres? That, yeah, that's, that's a very been, tall pl- team. It might have even been more so. So what can happen in academy football, as a lot of our listeners may or may not know, is often they'll the academy system will look at a lot of talented players and they're not necessarily trying to pick a side to win the game. They're not picking a team, that's exactly right, yep. Okay, so they're They're trying to develop players. They're trying to develop players. And if it means they've got, you know, seven key position players playing in the same game, then so be it. And I I think the Lions um, were, that was part of what happened yesterday because the Suns definitely had more run in the legs and, and smaller players that ended up dominating the game and, a couple in particular that I like the look of was uh, Will Graham. Yep. Uh, he played some senior footy at Palm Beach last year as a 16-year-old, I believe. Um, and in particular also Jonas Semler and Cody Harrington, who I mentioned last week, they look very good. Cody Harrington looked very good again yesterday. Yeah, real electrifying, leg speed, um, hard work. Jake Rogers played very well. And the tall timber, uh, again, dominated uh, so the likes of Jed Foggo, nice left foot on him. Um, you know, marshalled the troops down back. Uh, Ethan Reed was good again in the ruck, as was uh, Will Bella and Jed Walter up up forward, kicked a number of goals and, and clunked a few marks. So you mentioned about three or four midfielders in that list, but you could have mentioned I reckon eight or nine from the Suns. It's a pretty exciting academy team that they have. The run, the um, the handball disposal to teammates in better positions. It was pretty well a, a a solid performance by a team, as you said, of developing players. Yeah, and look, the coaching staff are to be commended for getting them to, to play that run-and-gun style of football. Especially into the win. That wind, in that first half in particular, it was, I reckon, four or five-goal wind. It and was. And the Brisbane Lions scored one point with the wind against three goals, four, kicked into the wind. Yeah, and a lot of it was from running the football. Running so the football through the centre. It was, a, it was a really good display of footy. Yeah, yeah, great to watch. And uh, and one other player to mention was uh, Riley Stone from Surface Paradise, I thought, uh, was pretty prominent and, and did a good job for the Suns as well. Excellent. Well, let's let's leave the academy there for a moment and let's talk about AFLQ. Um, there was quite a few practice matches on the weekend and as we said last week, we're going to go through and review four teams a week up until the start of the season. But let's just go through the practice match results to start with. Wilson Grange beat Maine, who are a Division 1 team, by 52 points, 78 uh, to 26. Broadbeach reigning premiers, won by 20 points over Sherwood. Uh, Aspley defeated Labrador by 17 points. Redlands beat Mount Gravatt by 86. Morningside defeated Surface Paradise by 35 points. Noosa had a big win over a Division 1 team in Wynnum. Um, Are they still, what are the Wynnum, are they Vikings, Vikings still? I think so. I remember going out there years ago in the early 90s. Um, sorry about that. I don't know what happened there. But anyway, we'll fo- we'll keep going on. Um, yeah, they um, they had a convincing win over the Wynnum in a six-quarter match or six-whatever match. And Marucci Dor had a very close um, win, a marginal win over Palm Beach in a similar kind of game played over six periods or six quarters. So they're the results. Let's have a look. We're going to look at four teams today. The first one, just quickly on a couple of those results, um, I think everybody was looking at the Aspley versus Rad, uh, Labrador game. Uh, yep. Aspley, of course, coming back from the VFL, and Labrador one of the preseason favourites. Uh, Aspley got out to a good lead early days, um, and interestingly, early in the se- early in the game, Labrador had Lockie Henderson playing as a forward. 
And then over time, as Aspley got a bit of a run on, he was sent back to help out the troops. Uh, I was at the Sherwood and Broadbeach game, which was a, a good open game of football, uh, which I think both sides would be um, quite happy with what they saw. So, yeah, it'd be, it'll be uh, good to see how the pre-season form translates into uh, the real season. What is it, three weeks away now? Yeah, three weeks away so now. It'll come around quickly, that's for sure. So there a couple of more practice games for the teams in the lead-up, but let's look at let's look at some teams for today. Let's start with Noosa. They finished 11th last year. They um, were the 11 out of 11 in their offence in points four, and they were 10th out of 11 in, in their points against. Um, Noosa are coached by Chris Rourke. How do you think they're going to go this year? Look, Noosa were promoted to the quaffle after having a very successful Div 1 side. Was it two premierships in a row before they Yeah, got they won two premierships in a row. And, and look, I guess if you win two premierships in a row, it's quite possible sort of subconsciously to perhaps not train quite as hard in the off-season as, as what you well might. And, you know, I think Noosa themselves would would probably admit to the fact that they possibly underestimated the jump up to Quaffle Standard and perhaps weren't quite as, as, as fit and professional as what they needed to be to to do that. So c- speaking to Chris Rourke, the coach, during the week, uh, he, he's put a massive fit, um, focus on fitness and consistent competitiveness. They played very well in patches last year, but perhaps couldn't run out the games as, as well as they needed to to, to to win a few games at Quaffle level. Uh, th- they've actually recruited extremely well for this has, year. Has John O. Freeman ended up? He has. So he's an ex-Lion? Yes, so he played 14 games for the Brisbane Lions, 199 centimetres, 27 years old, and he's he's probably their marquee recruit. But yep. they've also picked up Willow, Dry- Willow Dwyer, who's a clever small forward, and Jai Fitzpatrick, uh, back from the Aspley Hornets, who we'll talk about in a moment. They've got a key defender, Riley Buntain, who's 28 years old, ex-Brisbane Lions Academy, Tom Rourke, has been recruited, he's a midfielder from the strong Eastern League in Melbourne, and they've also managed to get Connor McDonald, who's a 23-year-old returning ex-premiership player. I was told as well to watch out for young Maverick Pettigrove. He was NEFA listed with Redland in 2019. Pretty good-looking rooster from <laughs> all reports. He's a lifeguard, blonde fella, but it really goes well. And also uh, my spies tell me that they may have got um, Tom Bolch, who made a few headlines during the off-season for um, drinking a sip of beer during a Northern Territory football game uh, and unfortunately was, was rubbed out for a couple of weeks. Was but it a sip? It was a sip, but he was playing. So During I, the game? During the game. Had a beer? Uh, Only in Darwin. Only in Darwin. Only in Darwin. And, you know, copped his whack for that. Yep. Um, but, look, it was in good fun. I understand why he was suspended for it. But yeah, it's not you know, a great look. It was not a great look, but it but it was in fun, to be fair. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll be a great acquisition. Played at Sherwood last year, but it has moved to the Sunshine Coast and perhaps will um, end up suiting, suiting up for the Noosa Tigers. Excellent. Let's move on to the next team then, the um, Wilston Grange Gorillas. Now, Wilson Grange last year, where did they finish? Let me just have a look. They were 10th. So we must be going up the ladder, are we? So from 11th to 10th. But um, Wilson Grange, look, they, again, we're talking about they were the 10th best points for in the 11th 
in def- in points again. So Wilson Grange and Noosa definitely occupied those last two places on the ladder. Brent Maloney, coach, ex Brisbane Lion and Melbourne player. What's twenty twenty two got in store for them? What's your spies telling you there? Look, Wilson Grange, uh, and and same with Noosa. They've really recruited really quite well, so it's exciting for the competition that the two bottom sides have really got some very strong recruits for the 2022 season. It's what you so want, isn't it? It really is. So it'll tighten up the competition. Um, Matt Eagles is probably their marquee recruit. Um, the recruit. The recruit, even. 200, ga- uh, 200 centimetres is a big unit. Uh, he played a few games for the Brisbane Lions. and He was much loved as a member of the Lions. He really was. He was a fan favourite, but also a great teammate, from what I've been told. He was. And... Uh, speaking to Wilson Grange during the week, they're wrapped with the way he's getting around the young fellas and, and helping them develop. Uh, they've been a young side the last couple of years and perhaps having some older players around will de- definitely help their development. As will this guy, Matt Payne, who those who are familiar with Queensland footy would know that Matt Payne is a champion of Queensland football. Uh, he's won... Something in the region of 15 club BNFs over the years. Uh, he's a 100-game player at Aspley and, uh, you know, he's just been a terrific servant of Queensland football and, and even at the ripe old age of about 36, I believe he is, he'll be one of the premier players in the competition again, no doubt. And they've also uh, recruited quite heavily from the Northern Territory Football League uh, through their connections through the Nightcliff Football Club, through another legend of... Um, you know, the NT and played in the Quaffle for a long time, Cameron Islet. And notably, Daniel Bowles, Bowles, he's a left footer. He just won the league medal up in the Northern Territory and he'll be suiting up for uh, the Wilson Grange Gorillas as well. So, look, that, they've, they've... That sounds like... It sounds promising, doesn't it? Oh, no doubt. They've, they've recruited really well. And I think we mentioned earlier Jackson Mills and they're quite excited about another Brisbane Lions Academy prospect in Jack Manley. So, look, uh, they there was a focus on for Wilson Grange to change their list profile to being a little bit older this year, which has been great. We get some gym work into some of their younger players, which they've managed to do over the off season. So I think they'll be an improver. I think they'll finish mid table. Excellent. Let's look at uh, Aspley, the team that has made its way from the VFL into the QAFL. Daniel Webster, the coach there. Yeah. So look, it'd be interesting to see how Aspley go. Uh, their focus that I've spoken to them during the week and they've told me that they are trying to bring VFL standards to Quaffle football. Yep. So that can only that can only be a good thing for the, the competition. No doubt about it. So they're at pains to tell me that when it comes to strength and conditioning, when it comes to medical program, when it comes to professionalism and standards around the club, that they've not changed what's expected from their players dropping down from the VFL to the Quaffle competition. So I guess in some ways, look out for the other the other clubs. Um, in addition to that, they've managed to sign uh, Daniel Joseph, who who was a... Le- um, from Tassie? The, from Tassie. Look, he's returning to Aspley. He won uh, BNF with Aspley in 2015 when they are in the NEFL competition. Uh, but he is one of the premier... He was one of the premier players in TSL and he's returned to Aspley. Uh, Nick Dodge from Coburg in the VFL and um, Jackson Allen has uh, returned from Sherwood. So 
he played four games for the Gold Coast Suns back in the day as well. So they're a few really good recruits. Now, Brendo, I know you've got some spies, but I don't know if you know this about myself, but I've got some spies that have given me some news about Aspley as well. Do you have a scoop, Rob? I, well, I don't know. Look, I think it's scoop, and I'm quite happy to go with scoop. You've heard it here first on Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast, but they're announcing their captains this week, and it's captains. They'll have co-captains in... Um, James Nellis and Brandon Batchelor will be captaining the team this year. Yeah, so congratulations to them. Massive congratulations. They've both been loyal servants to the club and I'm sure they'll lead the Aspley Hornets very well. Now, my prediction for Aspley is I actually think they'll be the minor premier uh, and I think they'll be very difficult to beat. I think they'll definitely be a top four side. I think it's great for the competition that we have them in the QAFL now and I tend to agree with you. I think they're going to be very difficult to beat. Uh, let's move on let's to our go, final team. Yeah, the final team, and that is Sherwood. Another ex-Brisbane Bear this time, Brisbane Bear and Brisbane Lion, Adrian Fletcher coaching them. Um, how is Sherwood, how's Sherwood looking for 2022? Yeah, Sherwood, interestingly, last year, I think they finished just outside the finals. Seventh, yep, they, they finished seventh. But what they did do, what the ladder doesn't tell you, is they actually defeated a couple of the top sides very convincingly during the course of the season. So the Premier Broadbeach, uh, they handed Broadbeach, I think it was about a five or six goal loss at Broadbeach's home ground mid-season and were very, very impressive that day. And they also gave Labrador, who were the minor Premier, a bit of a touch-up um, at their home ground um, a, a couple of weeks earlier. So their best last year matched it with anybody. I saw them on the weekend and again, they moved the ball pretty well. They're extremely well coached by Adrian Fletcher. You can see that sort of, I guess, that AFL experience coming out with their structures. They get numbers behind the ball and then they move it well. So they, they do well with that. Their, their focus is a little bit different to some of the other clubs. They're perhaps not out there trying to recruit players from outside of their region. They really look very closely at the Darling Downs, Toowoomba area. Of course, um, some some players, well, some people might have seen Samson Ryan, a ruckman who played a couple of games for Richmond. Richmond, yes. So he was recruited from Toowoomba, uh, to the Western Magpies, or sorry, the Sherwood Magpies, I should say, and then uh, found his way onto Richmond's list. So, you know, they, they plug that hole in the in the Western re regions of uh, Brisbane very, very well. And it's always been a strong football area. No doubt. You know, with um, in the old days when I when I was a younger bloke and there was um, West playing out of there and then you had West and Sherwood playing out of, out of two grounds right next to each other, so... Yeah, there's always plenty of people, plenty of players around in that those days. Yeah, so they picked up a couple of players uh, from local clubs. Jack James, uh, 20 year, years old, is a key defender from Bean Lee. He's uh, been fitting in seamlessly. Um, Sterling Mitchell is 19 um, from uh, one of the local clubs that I can't quite remember which one it was. Um, and he's 19, he's a midfielder, and he's looking really good as well. So... And they've got to be doing something right. You know, Samson Ryan's made it through to the AFL. Jasper Fletcher this year is highly likely to be drafted, all things being equal at the end of the season. A club like Sherwood, from where they've come from 10, 15 years ago to where they are now, are two mutually exclusive places. They're really doing a great job. And if they're getting players through to AFL level, they're doing fantastic. Yeah. And look, a few of their players, uh, Will Fletcher, Riley Green and Bruce Revel are VFL-listed players with um, the Brisbane Lions. Yep. So they'll have access to those players when the Lions um, aren't requiring them as well. Which so is a feather in their cap that they've got those guys there. So Yeah, so 
my prediction for them is that they'll be a mid-table team, perhaps between fourth and between fifth and eighth place. Well, this brings us to our last segment or the last bit of the podcast. Now, that is the look ahead. So, Bruno, what are you looking forward to in the next week of footy? Well, I guess we can't go past the start of the AFL season, but not what you think. Not what I think, okay. So, so you're not looking forward to the Suns and the Lions getting out of the park this weekend? Well, look, I'm looking forward to that as well. Okay. But I'm lo- really looking forward to putting my Supercoach team in oh, and, no. and being able to trash talk my son and being a bit of a March champion. Okay, so I've known you for a long time. I am not a super coach person. Let's we've got one super coach person here. We've got one guy who just cannot get his head around it and doesn't even try. Now your son, however, is a different kettle of fish. Now, how many years has he been playing super coach for? Eight. Eight. How old is he now? He's fifteen. And so that, let me do some math. Seven when he started. How many times has he beaten you each year? Uh, I think I got him the first year, but I think he's got me seven in a row. But you know what? This is the year. This is the year. Brendo fights back. I love it. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that and looking forward to being the March champion of Supercoach. I'm actually – look, I like to do things on the run. You know that. Um, A new segment each week. Not a segment, but we are going to update people on how Brendo versus Tom is going in Supercoach every week because I think people are going to find it hilarious and um, they might even – we might even have to get Tom in – to give some super to- super coach tips. What well, you, well, you'd be better off getting him than me. That'd be fair. So. <laughs> and better off getting either of you than me. So, so what are you looking forward to, Rob? Mate, I'm I'm looking really forward to. I do have a new segment, a new segment coming up, and um, I guess I'm calling on all clubs in Southeast Queensland. I don't care where you are, as long as you're a, a, a Aussie Rules club, because I'm going to rate some canteens. They've got to have dimmies, don't they? If they don't have dimmies, I tell you, I'll maybe don't even ask me to come if they don't have dimmies because that 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 would be embarrassing. But um, I I remember as a kid going out to the local footy and, and grabbing a pie and a drink and a sausage roll and a dimmy, um, and that was like a highlight for me all the time. And I think let's let's get out to some local clubs, watch a little bit of footy, and uh, rate their canteen. So if you're from a footy club or you're part of any football club in southeast Queensland. Our Facebook page is Queensland Corridor Footy. Get on there and send me a message and say we want Rob out to our out to our game so we can rate our canteen and we'll give the canteen a bit of a review on the Queensland Corridor Footy podcast. So I don't expect it to be up and running by next week. I was going to do it yesterday and what happened? The cafe at Metricon was shut. So I'll rate that a big fat zero. <laughs> um, I was looking forward because they got a really nice cafe in, in the... Um, in the building just behind the ground there, which is they, they serve some really top quality stuff. So I was going to give them a big rap, and I'll, I'll still give them a rap because they, they are great there, but uh, they were shut yesterday, so I couldn't get anything. All right. Well, thanks, listeners, for listening, and we look forward to coming back to you next week. Take it easy, Brenda. Have a great week. See you. This podcast is brought to you by Platinum Standard Grading. The future of grading has arrived.